Hi, and welcome to the inaugural podcast of It All Adds Up. I'm your host, Nicole Avron-Wiest, partner in Kroll & Mooring's government contract practice. I'm here with my colleagues today, Liz Bueller, Charles Beck, Catherine Seamus, and Michael Gruden. To introduce our podcast, we are going to be featuring a series of podcasts with regular and guest speakers to bring you the latest and greatest news, information, practical tips, and other insights related to all things accounting cost and pricing under U.S. government contracts. Our series will feature monthly episodes on hot topics and current developments, as well as a series of what we're calling the fundamentals. The fundamentals are going to focus on the basics, practical, instructional, foundational requirements related to accounting cost and pricing topics of interest. So stay tuned for future episodes. But first for today, what's new with DCAA? Catherine? Thanks, Nicole. Well, let's set the stage and first talk a little bit about the incurred cost audit backlog. As you know, DCAA is supposed to conduct audits related to incurred cost proposals on an annual basis. And over the past several years, this type of audit has been DCAA's focus and has consumed much of its resources. However, within the last decade, and for a variety of reasons, DCAA has not completed these audits in a timely fashion, resulting in a significant backlog, which in turn has affected contract closeouts. This backlog has been the focus of multiple GAO reports. For example, back in September 2017, the GAO issued a report that said while DCAA reported reducing its audit backlog by half since 2011, the agency didn't meet its goal of entirely eliminating the backlog by 2016. GAO also found that in fiscal year 2016, DCAA averaged 885 days to complete incurred cost audits. According to GAO, DCAA staff availability was the primary factor for these audit delays. So with all this said, Liz, how has Congress responded to the backlog? Thanks, Catherine. So shortly after the GAO issued its report that Catherine was talking about, Congress requested detailed information about DCAA's audit backlog. As another example, in the 2016 National Defense Authorization Act, better known as the NDAA, Congress temporarily removed DCAA's authority to audit non-defense agency audits until its backlog was reduced to 18 months. On October 1, 2016, DCAA concluded that it had satisfied this requirement. However, the backlog itself still remained. Fast forward a few more years, and in the 2018 NDAA, Congress took a more drastic measure and included a provision which required DOD to retain private auditors to help reduce the backlog by October 1st of 2020. More specifically, Section 803 of the 2018 NDAA imposed a new requirement on DOD to use qualified private auditors to perform a sufficient number of incurred cost audits to supplement the audits that DCIA was conducting and ensure that DCIA would be able to allocate resources to higher risk and more complex audits. Over the past year or so, DCAA has been working on its plan to implement this requirement, and we'll now turn to Charles for an update about where DCAA is on that. Charles? Thanks, Liz. So DCAA has implemented what's called an IPA initiative, or Independent Private Auditor Initiative, where DCAA doles out contract audit responsibility to private auditors and assigns a contracting officer representative from DCAA to oversee these contracts and the performance of the audits where the audit reports will ultimately go to the contracting officer. So as of now, DCAA has already issued the first set of contracts to four IPA firms 
then these contracts belong to contractors with fiscal year ending in August and to conduct about 20 or so incurred cost audits. And these contractors who were selected have already started receiving these audit notices. And now given that most of contractors have fiscal year ending December 31st, DCA is going to dole out the second set of contracts covering about 80 contractors and all the audits that fall under that to other IPAs over the summer. So this has been the focus of DCAA for the past few months. And now that their resources are freeing up, where else would they turn their attention to and their focus to other than the IPA initiative? So Charles, I have some thoughts on that, but if I could just back up briefly for a moment on the IPAs. Folks might recall that I think it was in, oh, a few years ago, maybe 2014, there was a proposed DFARS rule that would have required the use of or allowed for the use of independent private auditors. This preceded, obviously, the FY18 NDAA. And the audience might remember that that proposed rule was met with a lot of criticism and feedback because it was unclear to what extent DCIA was still going to be involved and have oversight and ultimate decision-making authority about the audit plans and specifically the audit findings and recommendations of an audit conducted by an independent private auditor. That rule was ultimately withdrawn. And then fast forward, we get the NDAA and the requirement for the use of independent private auditors. What's unclear, I think, until we start experiencing some of these audits that have now started with the use of IPA firms is precisely, again, I think the question still remains, how much involvement, oversight, decision-making authority is DCAA still going to have over the audit and, in particular, the findings and the recommendations and the audit reports that the IPAs are responsible for generating and producing under the contract? I think only time will tell. My guess is that the IPAs and DCAA and the contractors are probably going to have to work through some of these issues. One question that I have, and, and again, I think time will tell to see how this works out, but what happens, for example, if there's a disagreement between DCAA and the IPA over interpretation of a cost principle, for example, or the level of documentation that might be required to support the allowability of a cost? The IPA might reach one conclusion, and in reviewing the audit report, which is the deliverable, one of the deliverables under the contract and the final deliverable under the contract, they might have a different view of that. So how does that get resolved? Where does the contracting officer, who's the ultimate recipient and the audience for the audit report, where will they get involved? What role will the contracting officer play? I think there's still some open issues, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over time. But yes, those first batch of contracts have been awarded. And for those wondering what types of contracts they are, they're firm fixed price with milestone payments for the deliverables. And the deliverables generally include the audit plan in the first instance, some monthly reports, I believe, and then the final deliverable is the audit report. So what do they do next? With the backlog reduced, and I apologize, we might have already said this, but Liz, do you have some current information on where DCAA is in the current backlog? Not an update yet? Okay. I think that report should be coming out soon, right? Yeah. Usually the reports come out sometime the May-June timeframe, reporting on the prior fiscal year. So stay tuned for a future podcast, and we'll give an update on the most recent statistics on the backlog. But I believe DCAA believes that it's burned that down pretty well. 
So what's it going to do now? My guess is that they're going to focus on other types of audits, particularly post-award defective pricing audits and business systems. So we have a special series plan for you. Michael, you want to tell us about it? Absolutely. So what's ahead on the It All Adds Up podcast? Up next, we'll provide a series of podcasts that, as Nicole mentioned, on contractor business systems. Through this refresher on the business systems rule, we will discuss the six systems that are included. In addition, we will discuss the criteria that contractors must satisfy in order to be considered an acceptable business system in accordance with the corresponding DFARS clauses. We will also offer tips for preparing for a DCAA audit and how to effectively manage and survive these assessments. Lastly, we will go into detail discussing recent developments pertaining to purchasing systems and the emergence of cybersecurity requirements, my personal favorite, within purchasing system reviews. We will discuss whether cybersecurity will emerge as a seventh requirement and what contractors can expect during these cybersecurity audits. Stay tuned for our future podcast and hopefully you too will see when it comes to our approach to cost accounting, it all adds up. It All Adds Up is a podcast brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. For more information, visit kroll.com slash it all adds up.